never know how to start. I feel like starting episodes now is always just defaults to me shouting something and or saying some sort of nonsense noise and then i go welcome back to the show explaining to austin and it's me your favorite host peyton brock and of course with me as always except for when he hasn't been it's my good buddy and co-host Hey, that's uh, um, talking about um, what's what's that guy's name? Uh, fuck, yeah, Austin. That's Austin me. Austin is I'm Austin. you. That's you, and we're here for this week's fantastic episode of our little baby show. We do. That's um pretty bold of you to say that it's fantastic when we haven't recorded it yet. Well, I have, I have uh, good big expectations for this episode. Do you have high, high hopes for a living? I got, I got high hopes. Gotta have high, high, high for a living. Remember when Pete Buttigieg used that song as like his theme song? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I try to block out a lot of Pete Buttigieg's existence. It's just like a white, formless blob in my memory, just like he is in real life. Mm-hmm. A white, formless blob. Made, made of uh, bad mayonnaise. Yep. Um... So, so this week, Austin, uh, for the intro of the show, I want to talk about something that I spoke to you about, or, you know, I, I sent you recently. Um, so a couple, and then maybe last, sometime last week, since last week's episode, I sent a group chat that you're also in, I sent a certain music video with a certain fun fact in tandem with said music video do you remember this i do uh so it's quite an interesting little uh scenario of (laughs) of connecting major events of the early 2000s of significant happenings artistically and culturally and 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 news wise so can you tell the audience what the music video was and then what the fun fact was okay so Thursday at 8.39 p.m. Oh, you got the date and everything. Oh, I got it right here on front of me. Very nice. I'm holding my phone in my hand. Uh-huh. Um, Peyton sends our group chat. The music video for Limp Bizkit's Rollin'. I, I appreciate that you really emphasized the Z in Bizkit. I wanted to make sure they knew who I was talking about. Not not the other. I not... didn't want them to confuse him with Limp Bizkit. Yeah, Bizkit. With a K. Yeah. And a S. Um, sends, sends this music video and says, Fun fact, this won the Video Music Award for Best Rock Video on September 10th, 2001. And can that's you, significant. Yeah, can you tell the odd? So, obviously, because that's that's the day before a big event happened. But Pearl what, Harbor. <laughs> no, the other one. Uh, right. Right. Uh, but why, why is this Limp Biscuit video, I mean, besides just randomly coincidence, winning an award before that fateful day, why is this video, ex- this video specifically, it being, it's it ironic. being int- ironic that it won because the music video? the focal point and main location of this music video is the roof of one of the Twin Towers. That's, that is true. It, like... The move the the video is filled with like 
like like clips of him like walking down the street or driving a car that he stole and like singing or rapping, he stole from the fuck you want to call it stole from ben stiller stole from ben stiller and then there's in, in between that there's like b-roll of the twin towers at night and like a concert happening on the roof of it yeah there's not an audience at this concert no they're just, just them playing for themselves they're playing on top of the on top of one of the towers of the twin pair so quite interesting you know limp biscuit just up there rap rocking away on top of whichever tower and then you know the video really won it kind of the last second it could before yeah. before the before the video was for, for for many years would only remind people of a horrible tragedy it's um it's one of those things it's just like if you wrote that into a show people would be like that's ridiculous it's like that would a, never happen it's like another they say in another limp biscuit song austin it's just one of those days oh my god so that's um that's yeah true. but the video is uh do you mention that it is for the song rollin by mm-hmm. limp biscuit so uh by by our by our good boys at the uh at the old uh classic hit music group uh uh, uh floppy floppy bread uh of course <laughs> that was bad uh <laughs> you know but uh I wonder, you know, I've been pondering this video and its strange connection to to the events of 9/11. I've just been pondering, you know, is, is there some sort of conspiracy here? What are the, is there a conspiracy within the lyrics? I mean, I haven't really delved into the lyrics, but you know, the main ones of the chorus are keep rolling, 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 something, something, rolling, 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 rolling. But it's like, what, you know, what does that mean? What is what do they mean by rolling? Obviously, the video they're driving around I mean, in a car. Driving. They're in a car, which he's yeah, that's rolling. The car is rolling on wheels. But is perhaps the rolling they're talking about? Is it is it maybe perhaps rolling in a in a more vague sense of of, of rolling meaning you know moving or or one could say tumbling, and there were definitely some some things that tumbled on that fateful day. Um, I would say maybe it's a reference to the illegal drug ecstasy. Oh, and they're rolling on ecstasy. Yeah, because well, that's the term for it. I mean, that's fair because, I mean, you know, however, if you do think about it in another light, I feel like, why, you know, obviously the conspiracy we would jump, to, you know, be inclined to jump to is, oh, was, did Limp Biscuit know that 9-11 was going to happen did were they aware was it an insight were they involved but at the same time if that's true why would they have shot their video there because like you know they would want to be as far away from something that they know they couldn't then use after 9-11-2001 you know what i mean like i'm sure well, as i'm sure as soon as that as soon as 9-11 happened that video was no longer being played on you know mtv or whatever so yeah that's a good so point. why would they you know it's probably so they, yeah they're definitely not connected like probably that. in the dark completely because yeah i mean they would probably want to be as far away they probably regretted that as soon as that happened and they're like well we can't play this music video anymore but they're like we really fucked up Maybe well bad choice is set well, they it sounds. I think the song came out in two thousand, and then of course it didn't win the VMA uh-huh. until two thousand 
uh, right, that is how it works. So, so I, I think they got their money's worth. You know, they got and they like I like we've talked about. They really snuck in at the deadline there and got the music video award. So, I mean, you know, I think they got out with their bag. You know, it's unfortunate, yeah, I mean, but they made their money. And now, of course, you know, the music video is online and everything. And I, I had never heard of it being connected to the Twin Towers to World Trade Center, but obviously it is. But obviously, people were able to to forget that. Um, so just interesting. Um, I was thinking, to, you know, thinking today, what about what about a um, a Limp Biscuit song, but it's about a uh, a premier Hollywood actor, and it's um, Josh Brolin, 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 Josh Brolin, 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 Brolin. What about you? Like that? <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head, and it's not coming to me. Yeah. Well, Roland. Brolin, uh, it could be a song about bowling. Keep bowling, bowling, bowl. Yeah, that's true. I want to give a quick shout out. It's a podcast I started listening to at work because I have, you know, I'm doing janitor stuff, so I listen to podcasts. Uh, it's called And Introducing, and it's a show where they kind of talk about different musical artists and going based off of like articles and memoirs and stuff like that talking about musical artists but they did an episode where they talked about how different like artists um like reacted to 9-11 or like you know like going through people's like autobiographies or like Mm -hmm. articles and stuff where they've talked about 9-11 and one of the things they talked about was was this Limp Biscuit video and 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 showed me that I I had never I was not aware of the uh connection so thank a shout out to that podcast for 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 showing me this um interesting uh strange connection between limp biscuit and world trade center that's beautiful um i'm looking up something because i'm curious what if limp biscuit was like do you think i that video is like the last cultural like it's like the last time in any form of media or culture that like the Twin Towers were in, like, pre-9-11, right? Because, like, it's won that music video, and then, like, I don't, like, I doubt there were any other movies or anything where the buildings were, like, that heavily featured. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it was, like, a centerpiece of that. Yeah, it's, like, probably the last piece of media unrelated to the the attack of 9-11 that the World Trade Center was, like, a featured thing in. You know, that's a good point. Um, So... I also... This is unrelated, but still related. Okay. I can't explain my reasoning, but Riff Raff and Fred Durst uh-huh. have the same energy. Who's Riff Raff is, is the rapper, right? He's a rapper? Yeah. Okay. He's that one that had that vine that was like, my main goal is to blow up and then act like I don't know nobody. Right, right, right. And he's got the teeth. Right, he's got the scary uh, monster teeth. The scary jack-o'-lantern teeth. Bling, blinged out jack-o'-lantern teeth. Yeah. Mini, I, he's he's a lot so, like a jack-o'-lantern, but a rapper. I've always said that, except now he's ripped as hell. Oh, really? Yeah, he's really in shape. They, they can um, call him Ripped Ripped Raff. Ripped Raff. Ripped Raps. Riff Raff. Riff Raff. Riff Raff's Ripped Raps. raps. That's, I, I, that's what I would say in high school before I would do theater performances. It's my uh, warm up exercise. <laughs> ripped, your... ripped raff, rip, rap's ripped raps. So for some reason, 
Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit and no, Rick I, Graff give I get me it. the same energy. I mean, they're both like kind of that like aggressive, like fuck everyone kind of like you know. I'm just gonna <laughs> such a weird attitude. I'm, I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna do it, and I'm gonna I'm a I'm gonna angry white guy rap over like guitars. Um, yeah, it's like. I'm calling this an, my own genre, but really, it's just kind of the least creative version of the of the of both the genres that I'm in, incorporating here. Uh huh. It's like that was a hard that was hard for me to say for some reason. No, I I think I got what you mean. It's like it's like energy drink rap. It's if monster if it's it, right. No, no, no. It's if Nos energy drink was a music genre or, or rock star energy drink. Yeah, yeah. Either of those, they're the yeah. same thing. Rockstar and Nos always gave me the same energy. I don't know why. Right. I've never drank either of them. I haven't either, but I they have the cans that look like a look like a uh, mid two thousands Ed Hardy T shirt, where it's like like stylized flames and motorcycles on the can, <laughs> and like an edgy logo that's like looks like a <laughs> Harley Davidson font. And for some reason, the can is wearing a pair of jeans with bejeweled crosses on the back pockets. Yeah, exactly, and it has earrings. So. But yeah, I'm glad we could we could delve into um into into Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit's uh interesting World Trade Center connection. And what a what a way for for the towers. What a what a swan song to be in Limp Bizkit's rolling. Honestly, it's just you just got to keep rolling. You know, it's like they say, Austin, you just keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. What what a what a lyrical uh what is what a poet spiritual lyrical what a poet that 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 fred boy is I, i'd say he uh he puts mf doom to shame i'll say shout out to fred Rap rock aside, as per usual, we have a uh, a, a film, uh, a piece of art to uh, for me to explain to you this week. Uh, I sent you a poster of it today, and can you tell us what the movie is? And tell give a little give a little paint a picture for our listeners of of this poster I sent you. I have been waiting for you to ask. Good. So. That's you, as, movie, as, that's your job on the show, so I'm yes. glad that you are ready to do I just do wanted it. to reiterate that. Good, I'm, um, good job. So this movie is called Things. The thi- John Carpenter's The Thing, starring no. Kurt Russell. And, uh, no, 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 back up there, baby girl. Oh, okay. Why don't you just put it in reverse, okay? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll put it in reverse. All right, yeah, just let me finish, please. Yeah. So <laughs> this movie's called Things. Um... Yeah, and from what I can tell, it's not related to anything else with that word in it. Um, and on the poster, it appears to be set in a living room or a house of some kind. And there is a man wearing a black leather jacket and acid-washed jeans. And he's got a black mullet mm-hmm. and a very slim black mustache also. 
Yes. Um, in his hands. Very, very, a, very 1980s. Very. Um, in his hands is a red power drill with, um, if I had to guess, looks like some kind of masonry bit on it that That's, is at least 18 inches long. That boy's got a long Twizzler on that there drill. It's a long steel Twizzler. Um, and then, so there's a a deer skull mounted on the wall. Um, there is a decapitated head on a couch, maybe? And it's like purple, kind of. Yes. And its mouth is open, and its eyes are going different ways. Now, can I make a can I make a comparison on a pro, on a media that I'm not familiar with, but I am vaguely familiar with a uh, with with something from it. This head. Now, am I mistaken? As I said, I, this is on based on something I've never watched myself. But uh, I recall screenshots from memes and whatnot. Is there not a character in a SpongeBob episode that looks like this head? Is there not a character in a SpongeBob oh. that's like a small worm person in a wheelchair? Oh, is that a wheelchair? I don't know. There's not a wheel. Yeah, it is a wheelchair. Look, there's like handles. If you zoom in and you see the little bit of the wheel. The yeah, bottom. yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm talking about? I've yes, never watched no, a single okay. full episode of, of it kind of looks Robert. like. It kind of looks like the lady that they try to sell chocolate to in that one episode and she's like chocolate it's that lady but right. thicker she was very slender gotcha um and then there's also a spider with teeth yes and i hate that spider with teeth is like a like a mouth instead of mandibles it's my favorite uh punk band spider with teeth spider, spider. teeth it's kind of got like, um, you know, like an anglerfish from the deep sea. Yeah. It with the with the light on its head, but it has big like kind of like interlocking teeth. That's kind of what it reminds me of, of the teeth that's of fair. this of yeah, this monster. Yeah. But yes, that's accurate. That is what the poster has on it. Um, and the last thing about this poster, under the word things, which kind of has like a blood drip effect on it. Right. Uh, there is a warning. Okay. And it says, warning, horror and brutal violence in full color. Oh, well, I'm glad. I was afraid this would be a black and white picture. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad though they capitalized full color. Um, but really it doesn't emphasize... make sense why they capitalized that when they were also capitalizing horror and brutal, brutal violence. Like, those seems like the main points, but why does full color matter? Well, they want to let you know this ain't no cheap slapdash production, which it, it definitely isn't. There's to it's totally high quality in this here picture, Austin. Oh, is it? Totally. See, I'm getting some sarcasm from you, and I just can't tell if that's. I'm I'm not even aware. What does that mean? What is a sarcasm? Okay. Is that is that like that sounds like some sort of Babylonian emperor name or something? My name is Sarcasm of Babylon, and you are my you are my slave. You know what I mean? What okay. is it? What's sarcasm? So, I'm genuine. This movie is really high budget, professionally made, and looks it looks so good. I I really I just are you telling the truth right now? That I've never heard of the word sarcasm. 
or no, that no, I'm this saying, movie looks good. No, I'm not. This movie is a piece of dog <laughs> shit. Okay, good. I, I I felt like I was being gaslit. This for a movie's second. like someone took a roll of film and smeared dog shit all across about a mile length of it. Just for a second, I thought I was back in my last relationship and being gaslit again. Oh boy, hot take. <laughs> not really. Dropping, just kind of what happened. Dropping hot goss on the pod. <laughs> oh, you know I love hot. You wanna goss. drop? You wanna drop some names? Name some names. You want to you want a house you want a house of un-American activities committee this and drop some names. Yeah, I'll drop a name and an address. <laughs> oh god. You want to dox someone on our podcast that has 20 listeners? That's great. Maybe one of those 20 is you know just on my side. Oh, I thought you were going to say that person but hate listening. In which <laughs> Can case you fucking imagine? Well, <laughs> they're going to leave a they're going to leave a one-star review on our oh, podcast. Oh god, I was about to bring that up. Anyway, so so you've described the poster fairly accurately and you've obviously seen the poster so what questions about this film besides you know i just answered that it's not good or well made what other questions do you have for me about things okay so i'll be honest you kind of took the the wind out of one of my jokes questions because you asked the same question but uh, slightly different but I was going to say, is this movie related to The Thing from Fantastic Four? Oh, no, it's not. Okay. I'm sorry that I took out the wind beneath your wings. It's okay. Um, you know, honestly, I just, I felt a little bit like Icarus, and I flew too close to the sun, and I should have known that. That's true. But no, um, it's not related to The Thing from Fantastic Four, Swamp Thing from DC Comics, <laughs> nor Man Thing, also from Marvel Comics. Nor John Rings. Nor John Carpenter's the th the thing. Nor the movie that the thing is based off of. The thing from another world. No okay. connection to none of them. Um, things okay. just things. Things got it. Um, what a descriptive sentence. Got things is just things. Yeah. Peyton Brock, twenty twenty one. Yep. Um, oh, did you hear that, or was that only in my head? I, that may have just been in your head. I got an email alert and it did the ding, but I think it was only in my earphones. So okay. I was just making sure that that didn't pick up. Okay. Go ahead. Um, is the man on the poster some kind of carpenter uh, or mason based on the drill bit he's holding? No, he just finds it. Okay. Because that's a masonry bit. I'm pretty sure of it because when it's like got that kind of aggressive threading on the outside like when it when it looks like that that's like right for digging deep holes, holes in concrete right and pulling the dirt out or the dust out you know well I, i'm pretty sure they just picked that drill for the movie because they thought it looked the coolest yeah i mean those are expensive drill bits too so well, i think I, i'm probably, probably one of the budget on that drill well bit. i think someone probably just happened to own that i don't think it was bought specifically if it was i'd be surprised if they you don't would think spend they went money. down to the five and dime and I don't think they up. spent money on a on a fancy drill bit. Okay. Um so I do want to know, did this movie come out before the MPAA was actively rating movies? Um because of the warning of gore on the poster makes me wonder, in lieu of like an actual rating system, they were just like, Hey, there's some shit in this. Uh no, it definitely was out. Uh, post or what, since the MPAA has been active, but I will tell you, it was not theatrically released, so I don't think it got a rating, since it was straight uh, to video. Okay, okay. Yes. 
Um, are there any noteworthy appearances in the movie? Actors or directors or... Well, would know. you consider a, a porn star significant? Absolutely. Then yes. And only that. Only a porn star. Okay, the so only this significant just person. raised another question uh-huh. um, that I didn't originally write. Is this a porn? No, she's closed the entire time. Incredible. Okay. I love it when, when actors have range. <laughs> yeah, good. But besides her, everyone in this is a, is a, is a, is a nobody. Okay. Um, last question then. All right. How many things? Well, I'm not sure in the movie itself how many things. At, at certain points in the movie, there are quite a few things. At least 20. But according to a thing I read with the director in an interview... They made about 40 or 50 things total, just prop-wise. Whether or not there's a scene or a shot with all of them in it, uh, I'm not sure. But there's definitely some things, there's definitely a lot of things in a couple scenes. But only a couple. For a lot of the movie, you only see one or two at a time, leading you to think, oh, they only had one or two. But they apparently had 40 to 50 things. Well, okay then. So I think it qualifies for being a plural. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good questions. Now, would I'd you say. you want me to give you a little rundown on things? Yeah, why don't you run me down a little bit? Not, I'll I'll run I'll run I'll run it right through you. Uh, why don't you run me through? I'll run a train right on and through you. Uh, How about, why don't you a river runs through me? All right, I will. Uh, there's not too much information on this because it's like, as we'll go into, it's not the most uh, high budget production, so. Not a lot of info out there, but I, I got what I could. Tried to get what I could. Um, so this is 1989 film, and it is... Wait, 89, huh? 89. Okay, I definitely would have placed it earlier than that based on how low quality that poster was. It's 89. It is at the height of the kind of VHS rental uh, boom especially of of non-corporate VHS rental shops where, you know, this is pre-Blockbuster even. This is the 80s boom of of little independent video shops where every town had multiple little video shops. So this was a direct-to-VHS, direct-to-video release. Um, It's Canadian. It is solidly considered within the Canadian low-budget horror genre of Canucksploitation. Uh, that's a thing that is a thing and this is definitely one of them Uh, oh it's a thing not a particularly good is a things uh it's not a particularly good example of it but it is definitely considered one uh surprisingly my day has just been made knowing that that's a genre yeah well i'm glad to tell you uh it is surprisingly though even though it's direct-to-video released only on VHS uh, at the time, no theatrical run. Surprisingly, it was actually shot on film, uh, mm. but not high-quality film. This was shot on Super 8. Oh, nice. Um, I think a little more scaled-up, nicer version than what most people would associate with Super 8 film from back in the you know, late 60s, 70s in your little handheld camera. I think they had a, maybe a little bit of a nicer rig. Than your point and shoot, but uh, still Super 8 film. Um, it's directed by a uh, by a fellow um, named Andrew Jordan, who also co-wrote the film, 
along with his pal, uh, Barry J. Gillis. And Barry J. Gillis also stars in the film as the man on the poster with the stash and the mullet and the drill. And these guys have also gone on to do some stuff. They, they Basically, their entire career has been doing shitty straight-to-video movies in Canada. So nothing really else of note. Things is by far their most known and infamous movie. Now, okay. as I mentioned, you know, so we got Barry J. Gillis kind of in the lead. Everyone else is, uh, is I just, I presume, a friend, uh, you know, colleague of Barry J. Gillis, who he, you know, convinced to be in the movie. The only person of note, as I mentioned, is a porn star actress, uh, Amber Lynn, um, who was a very prolific and popular uh, porn star starting all the way back in 1983 all the way pretty active up until around 2013 so quite the career um it seems as if she's kind of is in mostly retirement now based on her imdb credits not much since 2013 um but definitely in those years she was active she was uh quite busy quite popular and according to barry j gillis they paid around uh, $2,500 for her to appear in this film. They paid 2500 to shoot one hour with her. Um, mm-hmm. And they basically, they added her into the movie after everything else had been shot and even like begun to be edited. They added her in at the last minute because she was happening to come to Toronto, the Toronto area, to uh, strip at a specific club or something. So they, they heard that and they're like, let's get her in it because we can then put her on the cover. People know who she is. She's a popular porn actress and it'll make people want to buy and rent our shitty VHS video uh, movie because oh they God. will recognize her, even though she's only in the movie for a total of about five minutes or maybe less. Um, and... According to Barry J. Gillis, this movie had a round $40,000 budget, which to me is insane. I mean, like, obviously for an indie, you know, low-budget movie, that's not a, that's, that's a normal price. But for this movie specifically, for how it, for what it is and how it turned out, it's insane to me that they spent that much money. Because watching it, you would think they spent literally zero money. Oh, God. Uh, but somehow, it, I mean, I guess, you know, film's expensive, and I guess they paid the actors, and there's a surprising amount of, you know, credits at the end for, you know, people fulfilling different crew positions, so. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the, a lot of work went into this for it not to turn out very well. Right. Um, specifically, they said, Barry J. Gillis said, that they're, the film that they shot, you know, the actual film stock and all the film they shot apparently looked really nice. According to him though, it looks so bad in the actual finished film because the transfer that was done from film to three fourths magnetic videotape for them to be able to edit the film uh-huh. because it's much easier to edit tape rather than actual film where you have to cut and splice. Uh, right, apparently yeah. the transfer from film to videotape was apparently like really bad and made that's why this movie looks so dog shit for a lot of it uh i don't know how much of that is true and how much of that is uh barry j gillis making excuses after the fact but that's according to him part of the reason why it looks so bad um the creatures the titular things 
in the film, uh, according to Barry J. Gillis, were made by a friend, and they were made of, uh, like, a rubber coating, paper mache, and get this, because obviously, as you mentioned, they're very ant-slash-spider-like and have legs, they use real king crab legs from the grocery store as the legs on the things. So. a high budget because king crab legs are not cheap. I, I guess they figured it was worth it. I only hope I, I can only imagine the smell uh, in the house where they shot this if they had a bunch of raw, unrefrigerated <laughs> king crab legs God, sitting around. It so bad. And then finally, according to Barry J. Gillis as well, um, in an interview I read, he said that apparently it was widespread throughout video stores that that would stock things that the video would be rented and in and inevitable inevitably uh be stolen or go missing by the people who rented it and he hypothesizes this is because people saw it and then were just you know so dumbfounded by the movie that they wanted to keep it and you know make copies of it to show other people hey check out how terrible and crazy this movie is I don't know how much of that is him trying to inflate his own ego and being like, wow, it was so popular that people were stealing it from video stores. I mean, it's somewhat believable, though, because, you know, back then, without the Internet, you know, you really had to uh, have physical copies of things to be able to share them around. So I, I don't think it's beyond uh, belief, um, factor, to, fiction. factor fiction, beyond belief with Jonathan Frakes, um, that people stole it and made copies and shared it with friends and that kind of thing. So those um, are those are the main I, things I found out about things. I mean, I would just like to say that, you know, the Bible is one of the most stolen books in the world. Well, that's and, well, that's ironic considering there's a part in it that specifically says, "Hey, don't do that." Right, but I'm just saying, you know, maybe there's a connection with uh things being stolen a lot. Are you saying that the Bible and things are about that are are equally culturally relevant? That's yeah, that's exactly what exactly. I'm saying. Okay. Good. So those are my those are my things on things. Things uh, on things with it, Peyton. Any final thoughts on things or questions on the facts of things, Austin? Uh, no, I think I think I'm all I've been answered. Well, then let's get into things. It's a living thing. It's a Austin. Okay. Let's let's. Are you ready to find out about things? You ready to hear the tale? Ooh, baby, am I? So the opening title card. I don't know why, but it's like uh, I thought this was gonna be like part of the movie. Like this is how the things were created because it opens and underneath like the you know title card produced by or whatever. There's like a stock footage of like a nuclear explosion and screaming. And I thought nice. that was going to be like, oh, the things were created by nuclear, you know, waste or something. But I, I don't know. Maybe that's just like they put that at the beginning to like look cool. I'm not sure. Anyway, so we have that. And then we're immediately in, um, inundated with some great plinky, uh, shitty like Casio, like drum machine keyboard music. 
um, nice. which you know I love. But uh, this oh, movie, same. this movie, is, let me tell you one thing about if there's one thing about things you want to know, this movie is rife with some shitty music, Austin. Ooh. According to the credits of things, there were like three different music musicians or music acts involved. One or one or two of them being bands. Um, but like all of the music in this is just like the shittiest, like, you know, guys that you happen to know who have like a band in their mom's basement. Uh, it's very, uh, like it's, it's some, it's like rough music. (laughs) I've never heard music. It's like almost sounds like it's intentionally bad. Like it's that ridiculous that it almost sounds like it's trying to do like an aesthetic thing but i i am certain that it is not so immediately we have some you know some of that shit going on and we see a lady with a halloween mask on of some sort and she's just in a basement and she's doing some laundry and then all of a sudden a guy comes in and he's kind of frumpy he's a bigger guy kind of large and stocky and he's a bit like balding and he's got big kind of like uh you know 80s glasses oh yeah oh yeah and he comes in and he tells this lady in the mask he's like uh like i want to fuck you i want to have your baby i want to i want you to have my baby i want to have a baby with you um and the lady starts undressing herself until she's um Oh, well, the guy says, I want to have a baby with you. My wife can't. I, we tried, and I want to have, so I want to have a baby with you. And so the lady starts stripping, and, I, and right away, first scene, we're getting full boobies and bush here. And I ain't, talking about, I ain't talking about the bird nor the president, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, and actually, How long was that joke right off the cuff? I gotta know. No, I thought of it when I wrote okay. it down the, last night. When I wrote down boobies and bush, um, I nice. thought of that. You're, you're, th- thank you. Um, anyway, uh, I read on IMDb in the trivia, apparently the lady who's in the scene who gets completely naked was actually a sex worker that like they hired to do this scene. And they tried to track her down in like 2011 to like because they were releasing this movie on DVD and I guess they wanted to include her or interview her or something. And they were like just flat out unable to even like find a record of her existence, which is, uh, yeah, which is not great. And, uh, and a bit disconcerting, but, uh, I will have to just move past that. I hope she's all right. Um, anyway, so she gets naked and she, but she tells the man, she still has the mask on though, but she's naked. And she tells the man, I can't have your baby. We we've already I've already had it. And she leans down and pulls back a shower curtain and there's like a shower and she leans into the shower and she pulls out kind of like a little like cradle that she's holding in her arms uh-huh. and it's a little baby um and she holds it up to the guy and the guy's like, "Oh my gosh, a baby. Coochie coochie coo." And but then all of a sudden inside the little swaddling cloth and inside the little cradle the baby's actually like a thing monster and it like bites the guy and he's bleeding. Uh, but then all of a sudden the guy wakes up and it was a dream and we never ever see or hear this lady from the dream again. I guess it's just like a, a dream sequence. It it is related somewhat to the plot 
in a very very loose sense but anyway she disappears in the dream sequence just like they, she did in real life oh my god it's good yeah solid observation uh, <laughs> thank you baby. you're welcome That's why you keep me around right uh, yeah exactly that's why we pay you the big bucks. Um, so it was all a dream, and he wakes up, and he goes to the kitchen, he gets some pills out of the cupboard, and he takes them to his sick li- wife, who's lying in bed, and she says, I feel like I'm gonna die. And another thing about things is, not only are the actors in this movie quite terrible, but the dialogue is equally as terrible. All of the dialogue in Things either is the most awkwardly written uh, phrases that sound like Barry J. Gillis and, uh, what was the other guy? Andrew Jordan barely Uh know how the English language works. Uh, And if it's not that, it sounds like they're just completely riffing off the cuff and and improv in it. They just tell the actors half the time, like, ah, just make it work. No, really, you'll hear it in a bit. I'll tell you some. But in this moment, we get a great, awkward line read from the wife who's given the pills, who says, I feel like I'm dying. Um, and so he has her take the pills, and then she's like, I feel better already, uh, immediately. Okay. Um, and so, Those are good pills, bro. Yeah, exactly. And so then we get a title card, um, and then we have like a nice little credit roll over top of footage of, I guess, this was definitely shot in... You know, like the Toronto, like backwoods, like outside of Toronto, uh-huh. like uh, like the real, real uh, Ontario uh, skids, if you may. Um, like near Letterkenny. Well, that's like way up north, is it not? I don't fucking know. I'm pretty. Well, this is more urban than that, but in more like less plains, more forest. Uh, anyway, so uh, but it is very like all of these people in this movie are are solid like full-on hoosiers like these guys are like uh these guys are like saying a boot and a and they're it's very very canadian despite the fact that a couple times it says in the movie that it's supposed to be taking place in california oh god but it's very pointedly canada so we have title sequence over a car driving kind of along like a a, a rural road in canada and after the credits end, we have our car arrive. Uh, two men get out of the car, and the car leaves. Um, and these guys seem to be heading into the woods, hiking to where we do not know yet. We are interrupted by a shitty newscast. This is where these are the scenes featuring porn star uh, Amber Lynn. Uh, it is basically like they shot. It feels like they tried to like shoot these sections to like be like a newscast in someone's basement and literally she's just standing in front of some like old TVs and she's definitely reading off of cue cards and it's very awkward. Um, And she mentions how the electricity has gone out in a specific area, which comes relevant later on. Anyway, our two guys are walking in the woods, talking to each other. um, And they say the phrase, uh, well, we're almost, this is, this is the start of the improvisational feel because they're literally talking like over each other and they're like, where's the, uh, we're almost, uh, they're like accidentally interrupting each other and having to repeat themselves and be like, well, we're almost, uh, Hey, where are we going? Oh yeah. It's up here. We're, we're almost there. (laughs) So it's, it's very uncomfortable. Um, however, they eventually show up at Doug's house. 
and we learn that Doug is the guy that we saw in the opening in the dream and then giving his wife pills. But they show up to Doug's house, and we learn that uh, Barry J. Gillis, our, our, our lead, the mullet mustache man, is uh, Doug's brother. Um, and they kind of let themselves into the house with no response from Doug right away. And so they're just in the kitchen, and they're kind of snooping around. And in mm-hmm. the refrigerator, for some reason, they find, like, a weird, like, book about, like, murder. and uh, In the fridge? In the fridge. As well as, like, a creepy t- uh, cassette tape in a tape player. Uh, neither of these are ever explained. I don't know why they're in the movie. Um, well, anyway. You know, if there's a book in the fridge, you call that a cold read. <laughs> oh, good one. Um, and so they're playing the tape, which has like creepy chanting on it. And one of the characters, uh, references, he's like, Hey, what was that movie you were telling me about where the bad things happen to those guys? And then the other guy's like, Oh yeah, they find a tape in a basement and they play it and it's got like satanic chants on it and stuff. And then they get attacked by monsters and ghouls. And they're, they're literally referencing, um, evil dead, um, which I want to, I want to, say for a second there there was a there's a there's a uh something in the series mystery science theater 3000 where they watch and riff on bad movies that um one of their famous kind of uh advice to filmmakers was uh in your shitty movie don't reference a better movie because then people will just remember how shitty your movie is in comparison and that definitely applies here to uh them referencing evil dead because as I, as I said, this movie, as I say, thought last night after watching it, it's almost like the universe created this movie to create some sort of cosmic balance because Evil Dead is so good that the universe needed to balance it out by creating kind of like the anti-Evil Dead. <laughs> um, and so... Like, no, that one was too good. We gotta, we gotta fucking tone it down a bit. Right. And in another bizarre moment... Our character, uh, Don, in the mustache and everything, he sa- says, man, it's hot in here. I'm going to take and cool- take my jacket off and cool off. And then he, sa- then he says, I'm going to put my jacket in here so it cools off some. And he wrap- folds up his jacket and puts it in the refrigerator. What? Now, you ever seen a man put a jacket, in- a windbreaker in a refrigerator? No, I've seen... I've heard of, of old school punks putting their jeans in their in the freezer. Why? Um so So they're cold. No, it's to kill off the bacteria that's making them smell bad. <laughs> well, there's something called washing clothes. Yeah, but you got a lot of handmade patches on your jeans, so you don't do you that. You can hand wash something. It's crust punks. Literally yeah, a you. fucking get a rag and some soap in a sink. Look, I, it's not the it's not the subsect of punk culture I'm like directly a part of. Well, well, this I just know about it. Well, adjacent, this like well, well, our hero Don is sticking his coat in the freezer so it cools off. Uh, so interesting. Um, and so I want again, uh, Don. You know, he's got the mullet and the stash, and then our other guy who we later learn his name is Fred, the friend is basically looks like they pulled like a homeless guy off the street you know he's got like a big unkempt beard balding like messy hair uh definitely just like your your average canadian bloke that they were friends with and put in their movie 
Uh, so Doug eventually comes out into the kitchen and he's like, oh, you guys just let yourself in and you, you know, you're messing with my tape player and he gets mad and he turns it off. And, um, you know, then we cut to, um, uh, Don and Fred in the living room and again just riffing it's mainly just Fred kind of wandering around the room and like pointing at things like oh this is a weird painting huh I wonder what's going on with this painting over here really weird painting and he walks Uh up to like a little like decorative like like uh like fish thing hung on the wall like it's just like a little plastic fish like decoration and he taps it and he goes he goes yep it's plastic and it definitely (laughs) It definitely gave a lot of this movie's dialogue gives me like um, the like Rick and Morty interdimensional cable vibes where it's very oh, much God. just like, yeah, the fish is plat. Like they were just told like, all right, we're going to uh, the senior in the living room. Just just walk around and, and talk about stuff. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Look at this painting. Uh, uh, cool. And that, that fish is plastic. Um, and so we're doing that. Um, Don uh says to uh says to fred hey you should turn on the tv you know they get the bestiality network up here all sorts of good channels that that a strange aside is never brought up again uh uh, which is fine just like kind of throw away i guess it's like a joke i guess it's a joke uh unfortunately jokes are supposed to be funny so i don't think it worked anyway we cut back to our uh uh stupid news segment they talk about stuff that literally ends up having no uh, connection to the plot. It's literally just in there so they can say that Amberlynn, the porn star, was in their movie. Uh, then back, t- they oh, the, I know what they in this sec in this news little update. They mention a doctor, Doctor Lucas, and how he's like made a breakthrough with UV light. And then the next scene we get is a cutting to um, this. You kind of put it together that it's Dr. Lucas because he has a stethoscope around his neck, and that's how you know when someone's a doctor. Right. Um, I always see people walking around with stethoscopes on their neck in real life. Right. Uh, but, like, completely unprompted, all of a sudden we're, we're inundated with uh, apparently this Dr. Lucas guy. He's just, like, torturing a guy with his nur- as him and his nurse, just torturing a guy. And, like, uh, he's, like, pulling at, like, a hand, and it's very clearly, like, a, a fake prosthetic hand that's, like, made to look like all the skin's been ripped off of it. It's all very, like, low-budget effects in this scene. Um, good, good, good. So, you know, they do that. They, um, the, he, like, pulls the guy's tongue out, uh, is, and they, um, <laughs> the nurse takes his hand. The, Dr. Lucas says, hey, get uh take his hand bitch and then he's like then she takes his the guy the the torturing guy's hand and she literally uses one of those like paper cutter things from school where you have like the big like lever and she puts his hand there and chops off his hand and then then uh then then the doctor is like nice work bitch uh (laughs) so uh they chop off his hand um they pull out his eye and while they're pulling out his eye, like the sound effects, a hundred percent is just a guy like in the edit going, <laughs> you know, oh like your God. your your mouth, mouth, your your squishy mouth noises. Oh God! And then Doctor Lucas does a, a really fantastic evil laugh that's basically like ha 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 ha. Um. And, okay. So cut back to our house. Uh, Doctor Lucas, we won't see until like the last twenty minutes of the movie. Uh, so so say goodbye to him for the time being (laughs) Um, rest in peace back at the house our our guys are kind of just hanging around just just sitting around there's really shitty like rock music in the background 
Um, and, uh, again, Fred is kind of just wandering around and pointing at things and, and, and riffing. And he points at a painting to which Don replies, oh yeah, the Doug was given that painting by the queen of England, which like, again, I don't know if that's a joke or like, is it, are we supposed to just take it? Yeah. Zero clue. Uh, Don, Don mentions how the beer he's drinking is shitty beer. It must be some shitty import beer or something. And so he, to, to try to make it taste better, he says, I know I'll put some clean Canadian tap water in it and goes to the sink and like dilutes his beer with tap water. Apparently. I thought you said this took place in California. Well, Oh, you know what? That's right. He does. He says some nice American tap water. I was just thinking about Canada, but he he just he puts tap water in his beer to try to make it taste better. Which I, is that a thing? Do people do that? Whatever. If you have to if you have to like water down beer, that's pretty bad. That's I don't know, man. I, if it's cheap beer already, like maybe just drink something else. Yeah. Well, I don't think they have anything else, as we'll soon well, find don't out. Drink. Anyway, uh, Don and Fred go hang out in the living room. And they're watching a movie on a horror, a shitty horror movie on TV, which apparently is a is another uh, Barry J. Gillis movie called uh, Groundhog Day Massacre, which they watch on TV. Um, Good. Also starring Barry J. Gillis, who plays Don. So he's like, "Hey, that guy looks familiar." Um, and so you know they're watching this shitty movie in there, and then um, <laughs> Doug walks into the kitchen to go open the refrigerator but as he does he lets out the most just like disgusting burp noise that's just like immediately followed with what the fuck as he opens the refrigerator to see that (laughs) i guess uh they he's upset that they started drinking his beer um and that they didn't bring food with them and so i'm pretty upset about that too i'll be honest right and so, um, meanwhile, um, he decides to make sandwiches with six-month-old bread, um, which he apparently has in the refrigerator. Meanwhile, in the living room, uh, Doug wants another, or Fred wants another beer, so Don goes to get it. And uh, I think Don says something, what does he say? He's like, in a, in a, in a, one of the premier, I don't know if they understand the, the English language lines, he says, quote, Next time you come with me, you're staying home. And I want you to think about what I just said. The Next line. Next time you come with me, you're staying home. What a so line. The, fir- the first issue I have with that is that they're contradicting statements. Well, exactly. Okay, and that's pretty much the only issue. But That's pretty much it. So next time you're coming with me, you're staying home. Uh, they have the sandwiches. Uh Doug and Fred put a bug in Don's sandwich or something because they kill a bug on, that's on the floor. Um, Doug does some more burping and farting sound effects, which I don't know. I'm assuming are supposed to be funny, but like I don't. I guess just like the shitty quality of the movie and the sound, it's like uh, these burps and farts just sound like really disgusting. I guess I think because of how bad the quality of the film is. And let me stop for a second and point out. 
by so like the footage of this movie is bad it's definitely bad a lot of it especially in the darker scenes you can't tell what the fuck you're looking at a lot of it's super blurry and all the angles are weird and all that that's bad but by far the worst part of this movie is the sound the sound of this movie is i feel like you have to intentionally be trying to make a movie sound this bad and what happened was they shot the movie um and they recorded sound on set but apparently that sound was kind of basically unusable from a combination of people off camera talking and ruining the sound in the takes and also the noise of the camera's motor um because it was a manual you know film camera uh also (laughs) you know making the sound not good so in the end they had to go into the studio and basically re-record all the sound after the fact and dub it um i think primarily barry j gillis dubbing it because like i'm pretty sure he's acting as multiple people at least in some of the movie because the characters sound the exact same but in the final edit of the movie sometimes you can still hear the original dialogue underneath the dubbed dialogue and so it's super confusing there's moments where the sound just cuts out completely there's moments where it's super like room tone distorted like background noise the mute the shitty music and soundtrack over top are is constantly kind of just like awkwardly like cutting out and cutting back in the the sound of this thing is just like a damn mess it's the worst sounding movie i've probably ever watched and so uh but anyway back to the movie um so the burps and farts and but then all of a sudden they hear a cry from the bedroom. They all run back to Doug's wife, Susan, if you remember, who's sick in bed. But all of a sudden she all of a sudden has a monster, one of these things uh, bursting out of her, out of her stomach or chest. It rips out of her. Uh, she, you know, freaking out. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, she's dead. And there's this thing on the loose. Um, we then cut and the dog that's kind of just been hanging out in the living room, we see like walk behind a curtain and then blood spurts out implying that the dog was killed by the, uh, um, by the thing. And of course, this is when we get our first kind of little glimpse at one of the things, which according to Barry J. Gillis, they called Irving was the name they gave to the things, even though oh, there's yeah. multiple of them, they called either one of them or all of them Irving colloquially when they were filming but the as you mentioned the things are like these they kind of look like a cross between a uh, an ant or a spider a large ant or a spider mixed with kind of like a an angler fish sort of thing with a fleshy color and so um anyway we basically don and fred confront doug and are like what the fuck happened what, what why did that come out of her and basically they Uh, find out from doug that um as alluded to in the dream sequence doug and his wife susan could not conceive of a child so they went to this guy dr lucas um because they were low on cash so they couldn't pay for traditional high quality artificial insemination so they went to dr lucas and he artificially impregnated susan however apparently it wasn't with a baby it was with a thing and so now there are there is a, a at least one thing and throughout the movie obviously there become multiple things we're never exactly told how it goes from just one 
thing that burst out of right. Susan to multiple. They, like, asexually repro- reproduce or something? I, I guess. We're never told. But there was one that popped out of her. Now they're all over the house. Um, so, Good. you know, I think Don or Fred wants to go... Uh, and ba- Oh, there's a moment where Don's like, Hey, this reminds me of some book I read. And I don't know if this book is real, like, the, like the, how they referenced Evil Dead early on, but not by name. But Don explains the plot of some fucking horror sci-fi book for, like, five minutes completely irrelevant to the plot um and but then they're like you know we should call for help or get the police or something but uh doug is like the phone is out and he's like we can't leave and walk through the woods because what if we get attacked by um uh what does he say he says what if we get attacked by bears so they're literally being attacked by giant spiders with teeth but, he's concerned about bears. Yeah, he's too worried about bears, so they decide to wait out the night in the house, and they say that um, in the morning we will go and walk all the way, hike to where Doctor Lucas lives in the town where his office is, and then we'll 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 lay into him. We'll get revenge. Um, suddenly the lights go out. Obviously, reference to part of that newscast earlier. Uh, we cut back to the news. It's just more stupid BS that has nothing to do with anything. Um, cut back to the house, and suddenly Fred has disappeared, and blood pours onto Doug's shoulder. And they don't know what the hell happened to Fred, and we'll never really find out what happens to Fred. Um, he will return, though, so keep that in mind. Um, but they think that Fred must have spontaneously combusted because he has suddenly disappeared and all that was left behind is blood. Uh, oh, yeah, blood doesn't burn. Classic. Right, right. But uh, Doug almost seems more upset that he got blood all over his shirt than he does that, that Fred has seemingly spontaneously combust. Um, so Doug is kind of annoyed, and he takes he basically like takes off his shirt and like wipes himself off with a towel because he's upset he got blood on him. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, despite the fact that their friends seemingly just spontaneously combusted, they, both Doug and Don are, are very chill, very relaxed. They, they start talking and just kind of riffing, and they get upset that they've drinking all the beer, um, as you do when your friend has spontaneously combusted and your house is being attacked by things. Um, yeah, don't panic or anything. No, so they're, they just want to sit around and drink beer, but they seem to be out. So, uh, but then they find liquor in the cabinet. And then they're just kind of like uh, chilling at the table and talking and riffing. And it's like just like five to ten minutes of them just sitting at this table, just like talking about bullshit. And um, another fantastic do they even know how English works line is while sitting at this table. They say, where did it go? Um, oh, yeah. Lost your train of thought, didn't I? Hmm. Yoda, is that you? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, that one almost works. At least it makes you understand what he's saying. But, like, grammatic, grammatically, it's just like, mm, you missed the mark there with lost your train of thought, didn't I? Anyway, uh, then another fantastic line kind of immediately following that. Don asks, says he needs to pee. And because of which he asks, hey, does a toilet flush in a blackout? Okay. <laughs> Apparently Don doesn't realize that toilets are not electric. You know, he'll figure it out, I'm sure. I got one of them highfalutin electric toilets. 
there, you brother. Want a new motor in your toilet? It sounds awful loud. Anyway, uh, this leads to a solid uh, ten minute plus sequence in which Don and Doug go to the bathroom, make sure there are no things in the bathroom. Uh, well, they go to the bathroom, realize they can't see anything, go back to the kitchen to get a flashlight. Um, they, there's a thing on the stove in the kitchen when they return. And so, um, Don chops it up with a cleaver. Then they go back to the bathroom. There is like a three minute silent, no dialogue segment of just like Don and Doug shining the flashlight around the, the very tiny little house bathroom, making sure there are no things. Um, and then they, they, uh, finally go, Don finally goes into the bathroom and he pees. He leaves the bathroom, uh, and apparently while he was in the bathroom, uh, a thing popped up or out of the toilet. And so, uh, he leaves the bathroom because there's a thing on the toilet. They oh, go good, good. back to the kitchen where they get weapons such as a mallet, like a little hammer and a, uh, and a knife. Because because up. they also grab and at the moment I was like I don't know what the hell he's getting it becomes apparent they're fuses because they eventually go down to the basement um, to uh, change the fuse box however in the process a thing jumps on Don so he throws it off as he enters the basement and then they're in the basement and they see multiple things kind of hiding in the corners and the shadows of the basement. And suddenly, a thing jumps and attacks Doug, bites his neck. Don, attempting to kill the thing, swings the hammer uh, at the thing. But he hits the thing because it knocks the thing off. But he also, like, basically bashes Doug's head in with the hammer. So Doug falls to the ground and he's bleeding because of the hammer that, that Don just swung into him. Um, Don, uh, then stabs the thing to death, uh, in which apparently the thing's blood, it pours out of the thing and his blood is like a, um, it looks like gray paint mixed with oatmeal, like chunky gray paint. Oh no, it's chunky blood. Yeah. This is the only time you see like blood come out of the thing. Um, but it's like gray chunky goo. Anyway, Don puts new fuses into the fuse box uh, he avoids the rest of the things and he helps Doug back upstairs. Um, but he sits Doug down at the kitchen table so that he can like help bandage his head or whatever. And then a thing immediately like jumps out and bites off some of Doug's fingers as he's sitting there in the kitchen. Uh, and like, so he literally like bites off all the fingers on one of Doug's hand. So Don jumps into action and lights a match and lights like a piece of, I couldn't tell what it looked like paper or something. He lights mm-hmm. it on fire so that he can cauterize the wound. Um, but That's uh, not going to get hot enough. Exactly. So uh, he's not able to get it hot enough. Doug is obviously in pain because and another fantastic stupid line calls out, Get me with morphine. Huh. Another just grammatically interesting I line. But uh, apparently Don doesn't act quick enough and Doug dies. And he slumps over at the table and Don's all upset because his brother's dead. Much more upset than they were about Fred seemingly spontaneously combusting. Um, so Don is upset and he says, I'm going to throw you in this closet so they don't eat you. So he puts um, 
Doug in a closet in the house, I guess, because he doesn't want the things to eat the dead body. Sure. Um, and I wanted to point out there's a moment here, sometime in between, you know, like when he's putting him in the closet or whatever, um, the noise, the, 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 the uh, soundtrack, if you will. Um, do you remember there was a bit that I used to do at one point when I had access to a specific keyboard that I would do this bit called the cassette tape from hell. Oh yeah. Where it was basically me. I put putting on like a really shitty synthesizer setting and then just like smashing the keyboard notes. So it was all like dissonant and then like and fucking you would use the pitch bin fucking with the pitch bin. So the background noise, like soundtrack at this point literally just sounds like that. It's like someone just like fucking with a pitch bend and it sounds awful. But what's so funny is I had the closed caption. I had the subtitles on and it literally was subtitled. So you have this horrible like, shitty like midi keyboard with a pitch bend and the subtitles say in parentheses saxophone music no yeah it's very clearly someone like just pounding on a shitty keyboard with fucking with the pitch bend like in what world is that a saxophone saxophone music saxophone music anyway music derogatory right (laughs) yeah exactly so anyway this is when uh don finds the uh titular well not titular but uh, as shown on the poster the famous drill which he plugs in oh, it's not yeah. cordless or wireless this is 1989 we're talking about right, I, I did i saw the cord so he plugs in the drill and he's going around and like stabbing things with the drill um however though like we don't really get to see it because pretty much all the things he kills with the drill they're like off screen so it's shot that like he's like you know like sh- like putting the drill in and out but like it's shot in a way so like we're like obscured by a wall so we only like can assume he's drilling a thing or it's like you know him drilling and it's like from in from the downward angle so it's like the thing is like where the camera would be so we don't actually mm-hmm. see him drill many things uh, it's well, mostly it's mostly implied i guess they didn't want to ruin more of their props i don't know yeah yeah anyway or the um, bit. they didn't want to get the bit dirty yeah uh he don stumbles across that's true it could be that um, Don stumbles across the dead body of the dog, leading him to throw up. The throw up being very similar in color and consistency to the uh, gray, uh, lumpy blood of the well, thing. He should go to the doctor, most likely. Probably. I don't know. It's probably just how shitty the quality of the, of the movie looks that you couldn't really tell what color his throw up was. Um, he runs and kills more things. However, then the uh, the drill breaks the uh, the cord of it, part of the the prong of the plug gets pulled out so he can't Uh use the drill anymore he walks into the living room and suddenly doug's sitting there and for a split second he thinks doug is alive again however no it's just like a vision like a hallucination and so Uh don i guess kind of exhausted flops down under the couch and fall asleep uh cut back more news with amberlyn that makes no sense or isn't related oh the actually this news she mentions like uh like it's been 14 days since Don and whatever and Fred whatever went missing. So we like uh, don't like I guess the the uh, the the news is supposed to be like after the fact. It's very confusing and unclear. However, we cut back to the house where Don wakes up and basically like the entire living room is just uh, covered in things. They're just everywhere. 
But thankfully, uh, Fred suddenly alive, apparently. We never find out where he was or what happened to him, but he's alive, apparently. Bursts into the room with a chainsaw, and he just starts, like, slicing up the things. Uh, So he's running around, and he's slicing up the things. Um, And Don, I guess, grabs a golf club that was in the room, and he starts smashing things. Um, Another... Go, they uh, back on the news. Uh, the lady mentions how like Don and Fred were spotted today in this place or whatever. But like as we'll see, that makes no sense because like uh, unless that happened before the events of the movie, it's again the news stuff is like very tacked on and unclear. Um, anyway, back to the real action. They're killing things. They go into the bedroom where they find that the things have basically just like eaten Susan's dead body. And it's just, like, bones and stuff everywhere with things that all over sense. it. Um, what else did you expect, you know? Right, right. And so uh, they, you know, start killing all the things in the bedroom. However, unfortunately, um, the chainsaw Fred is using is a corded chainsaw. And like the drill, the chainsaw breaks. And so the things basically start attacking Fred. And Don runs out and is unable to save Fred um, we get a nice little moment where Fred, he's like, I'm still alive. And Don opens the door and Fred is literally like a bloody, like skull with no skin on it. Like just kind of like wobbling around on the floor, very oh, much no. like Monty Python, black Knight. Um, but the things kill Fred, but then out of the blue, uh, there's a doorbell and someone's at the door Don goes and answers and it's Dr. Lucas. Apparently he's shown up for a social visit to see how Susan was doing. And Don is basically like, you killed him, you bastard. And he walks around and shows him all the dead bodies. And uh, he's like, you did this, all those things. They, f- they killed them all. This is all your fault, Dr. Lucas. However, unfortunately for Don, all the things have disappeared and are gone. And so the doctor starts blaming Don and says that you must be, like, insane. And you killed all of them. And in another fantastic... Uh, no not and and another non-fantastic nonsense line from dr lucas this time we get talking to don you know accusing him of being the one that killed everyone time for you to get locked up that's about the size of it the size of it time for you to get locked up that's about the size of it i don't the size of what i i don't know what they i don't know man how's this guy a doctor he can't even speak good I don't know. It's not his fault. He's just playing a role. I I mean, it's not like the doctor is out of character. All the people in this film's universe talk like that. Um, Anyway. uh, So, you know, the doctor accuses him. um, When all of a sudden they open the bathroom door and basically all of the things are like stuffed into the bathroom. And so uh, Don pushes the doctor inside to the bathroom and like closes and locks the door behind him. And so, you know, the doctor's in the bathroom getting eaten by the things and screaming. Um, Anyway, Don basically is all sad, and he goes sits in the closet with uh, Doug's dead body. Um, And he's kind of sad, and he's sitting in there. But then all of a sudden, seemingly random and unmotivated, he's, like, really happy, and he bursts out of the closet and outside, and he bursts outside the house and is, like, running through the field outside. And -hmm. there's, like, triumphant rock music, shitty upbeat music from our terrible soundtrack from the house band yeah i i am hoping i can maybe find 
the individual tracks, but I don't know because I really want to use them as intro, mu- uh, you know, like the the in, in between segment music for this episode. But I'll try. Um, and basically, he he's running through the woods until he eventually comes across a hiker, which he calls for help. And basically, him and the hiker um, go, you know, walk towards, run off towards the hiker's car to to get the police. Um, however, as soon as they get to the car, all of a sudden there's like a voiceover that's like, are you sure this wasn't all a dream? I guess kind of referencing that dream that Doug had at the beginning of the movie. And suddenly it's as if all of the stuff with the hiker and getting out of the house was a dream. And Don kind of wakes up and he's back in the house and he is attacked kind of by like a half alive sort of zombie attacked by the things Dr. Lucas Um, but Don like is able to run and hide in the closet and he's like, I'll be safe in here. But as Don sits down in the closet, we see there is a thing on the shelf hiding in the closet and cut to credits with the, with the credit opening title card being, you have just experienced things. Well, I'm glad they like reminded us what we watched at the end. And, and that's things. You know, uh, that was things, huh? That that was things. Very, um... Hmm. Yeah. It was things. You got yourself in a tailspin Just going round and going down You got yourself Austin, that was the rundown of things. What did you What did you think about things? I I thought it was a thing. It certainly was, Austin. Let me be clear to you. Uh, this is perhaps on a technical level. Well, not even just technical. On a technical, on a writing, on a directing, on an acting level. This might be the worst mo- one of the worst movies or the worst movie I've ever seen. Is this worse than um, the Big Balloon Adventure? The thing is, this movie I'm talking about, it is like the worst movie I've ever seen on a quantitative scale, like purely like technically and like quality wise. Well, I, I just said quantitative. Uh, I I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, let me say this. I enjoyed watching it more than the Big Balloon Adventure. Sure. Because that movie was just so cynical and distilled and was like, you know, the most unoriginal, banal, pointless thing. With 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 things, at least at least it was like made by people and you could tell they were like having fun making it and were passionate and yeah, like they it's had some like creative juices. They had some passion in passionate about what they were doing and it's like it's really awful and bad and stupid it wasn't a cash grab yeah it's not a cash grab and it does have some it's like so it's i wouldn't say it's so bad that it's good it's because it's like it's a little too slow and boring and 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 banal for that but it is it does have moments where like all the weird dialogue and him putting jacket in the fridge and and the things and whatnot um that are entertainingly bad um, so, you know, it, it, it's not like it's not 
doesn't have its moments. If you're a fan right. like me of like weird horror movies or bad movies, I feel like it's worth watching just to see how like awful it is unintentionally, you know, like the fact that this movie somehow was, you know, got made and is this awful with not intentionally being so, because I'm right. serious when I say like, I feel like I don't know how you can make a movie this bad without actively trying to make a movie this bad. Yeah. Like, the fact that it was just done this poorly is just really illogical. You think huh? it, it's just astounding to see that the human, that a, that a person is capable of making art that is just this shit. Oh God. It's just amazing. It's just like, you know, just on yeah. a, on a, on an artistic level. It's like, wow, I didn't know that someone could make something that is just like failing on every level. <laughs> good and i want to mention that the whole movie obviously as the name implied is predicated around these little monsters these things being a threat and you know being our monster that you know the people are trying to kill and avoid but they're like the least threatening or like scary creatures because they you never actually see them like move they're always just randomly appearing in a new place but but even then like they only like they kind of like slightly like jostle and like the mouth kind of slightly moves. Right. But like for the most part, they're just like immobile little rubber props. Like they don't do anything. The only, like they would be, the fact that anyone gets killed by these creatures is ridiculous because they seem like they would be incredibly easy to avoid and to kill because of how seemingly slow and immobile and, small <laughs> they are so it's like all in our heads how fast they like how fast we would assume they would be but like it's never shown yeah no the, that's the thing they don't even ever imply that like oh they move when we don't look or something they just literally like just both in the film literally and in how it looks these things are like completely like you know pathetic and yet the characters are killed by them and are you know scared and terrified of them um, well, but then they also aren't because then the other half of this movie are them being in this situation that's apparently so terrible and horrifying, and yet they're completely nonchalant and just kind of hanging out in the house <laughs> rather than trying to actually do something or leave. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I made I, I made a horror sh- short film my freshman year of college, and, and, and the monster prop we had in that, which was a plate of spaghetti that looked like it was, like, alive and breathing, was literally more convincingly alive than the things in this movie. Yeah, that was actually terrifying. <laughs> which is bad when a freshman film school student shitty horror short film is has better props. Um, definitely, in terms, if we're talking about our, our one of our favorite topics and categories on this series on this podcast uh weird puppet creatures from movies the the things are at the bottom both in likability and in effectiveness they're just pathetic no character no personality no threat i'll add it to the leaderboard good so that's things uh any any final thoughts on this train wreck um, this is yet another one that I'm probably just not going to watch, you know? D- don't, yeah, that's fine. You don't have to. I've don't worry about really it. I've watched shitty movie this week, and I, I don't want to add to that. Oh, wait, what did you watch? And was it as bad as Things? Uh, 
second part of the question, no, definitely not as bad as things like from a production standpoint. Um, but it's the sequel to SLC Punk, which is like a yeah cult classic. I've heard film. that the sequel is like notoriously awful. Oh my god! It if the first one was made like by punks for punks, the second one was made by like it's like oh it's like the neoliberal version of what the first movie it's made by like a studio to cash in on the original basically yeah but even then it was funded by an indiegogo campaign oh really oh so it's like recent 2016 oh i didn't realize it was so recent and like so one of the characters in the first movie dies by at the end with a um by an accidental overdose right and then the second movie's whole plot is that oh before he died he got this girl pregnant and now this is about her son his, his son oh and it's like no yeah that's not a good way Im- that's not a good way to start off your sequel by retconning shit yeah and then they like that's a big uh somehow palpatine has returned move yeah and like that character was like doing a voiceover the whole time and like it would keep cutting back to him like being dead and like talking about his son right who he never met and like his personality was like entirely different than it was in the first movie isn't it isn't it i've never seen the original but isn't it matthew lillard yeah from but like matthew lillard didn't Scooby-Doo. come back to do that movie he was like no i'm not doing the sequel fuck that oh, okay so he, it's just not him in the sequel yeah well he's not the character that dies oh, oh okay so he's just not in it at all no okay wasn't huh. even it wasn't even because they didn't write him it's just he just wasn't in it he chose not to. well that's probably a good move on his part yeah it's smart plus he's got that scooby-doo money yeah exactly but uh well unrelated but you know but um you know sorry so yeah definitely don't bother with things you've already had to subject yourself to that but uh yeah that's things it's basically you know if you're making a movie just keep in mind that unless you're just completely incompetent at least your movie is going to be better than things everyone enjoyed our little discussion on things this week um if you want check it out but if not it's not it's very bad so only if you like shitty stuff like that so um austin i uh, unrelated just just do some riff on for the end here i was talking about um limp biscuit and 9-11 earlier did um make me remember um and and think about uh the do you remember like and are you have you ever heard like the basically like all of the country music that kind of gained popularity post 9-11 like all the like hyper patriotic like aggressive kind of like um like uh patriotic country music post 9-11 i know like about that movement and how it like still kind of has influenced a lot of country music that's popular now yeah i mean it's like all those main guys like just like release like just like the worst like songs about like how like basically like you know because like 9-11 they they basically wanted to like it all the songs are basically like pro like war pro you know action because like they want to like they want you know 9-11 basically like owned them 
they got owned by the terrorists and now they feel right. like they they're making all these songs that are basically like fuck you you fucking terrorists we're going to kick your ass and kill all the muslims and all that kind of shit because they 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 need to take back some agency and so there's all these songs where it's like them advocating for us killing terrorists and going to Iraq uh, I'm trying to think of one. Um, I'm trying to think of one of the songs, and I can't remember what it is because I want to look it up and type in the lyrics. Um, have I ever told you about the country song uh, "More Trucks Than Cars" by Craig Morgan? Uh, I don't think so. Can I read you the lyrics to the chorus? Sure. Because it came out in 2012, so it's not like exactly immediately post 9-11 but it's that same kind of vibe of just like it's just like glorification of you know it's just pandering as fuck um well there's biscuits grits and gravy and the waitress calls you baby the star lights like a street light on a summer night we say hell yeah and amen yeehaw and y'all come back again and pray that our boys come home alive and when old glory flies, we still hold our hands over our hearts where there's more trucks than cars. Ugh. That's it's just, disgusting. That's just it's the bad. worst. It's so bad. Um Also, let me point out I was thinking of this the other day. The song God Bless America is like so lame. Like there are better, like classic, like patriotic songs like um like, you know, not even on, like, a thematic level, just on a music level. Like, America the Beautiful, as referenced in our uh, our Multiple Maniacs review a couple weeks ago. America the Beautiful is, like, a decent song. But God Bless America is just so, like, it's so, like, old-timey and, like, boring. It's like, God bless America. It's, it's just like so, yeah, it's just so, like, uh, ugh. I, I, found, I found some of the songs, um that I wanted to talk about the first off kind of like the most, I feel like ridiculous and over the top kind of like my parody one I just made up a second ago is, uh, Toby Keese, uh, courtesy of the red, white, and blue in parentheses, the angry American. Oh God. No, no, no. And you, I, you've probably heard this one before. Probably. Um, I'm going to skip right to, um, let's see where, where are we? Um, the, the, uh, Here's, a, here's kind of a, one of the main parts. Now this nation that I love has fallen under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up the world like the 4th of July. Jesus Literally being Christ. like, we got attacked, so we're going to fucking kill as many people throughout the world as we can. Uh, and then, he, then of course, the, the, the court. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist. And the eagle will fly, man. It's going to be hell when you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell. And it feels what? like the whole wide world is raining down on you. Brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Justice will be served and the battle will rage. This big... This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage. And you'll be sorry you ever messed with the U.S. of A. Because we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Jesus It's Christ. just the most explicitly, like, American hegemony. Like, we're gonna, like, we get, we deserve to, like, we're the best at fucking killing whoever we want in the world because we're upset song. 
Um, and then we have another another solid one from Daryl Worley, who I'm not familiar with outside of this song. He made a song called Have You Forgotten that was this is after we've already invaded Afghanistan and right before uh, basically this song is urging us to invade Iraq. And it's um, here, here are some of the opening lyrics here. People saying we don't need this war. I say there's some things worth fighting for what our freedom in this place piece of ground. We didn't uh, get to keep them by backing down. They say we don't realize the mess we're getting in before you start preaching. Let me ask you, friend. Have you forgotten how it felt that day to see your homeland under fire and her people blown away? Have you forgotten when those towers fell? We had neighbors still inside going through a living hell. And you say we shouldn't worry about bin Laden. Have you forgotten? Oh my God. And it's literally, this is like on the eve of the Iraq war. And he's basically like, not even like bin Laden wasn't in Iraq. Like he's, 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 he's conflating. He's, he's acting like, Saddam Hussein and Bin Laden were the same person. And we need another fucking difference. It's just oh, it's uh, you know, it's a, a Muslim guy with facial hair. You know, same difference. It's just like oh god, all of these songs are just like, they're just the worst. Let me. See, what are what are uh? They're just like awful. Uh, they're just basically like you know, explicitly calling for you know. American military might to, to blow the shit out of other people. I, I think I could write like a, a really right wing, like patriotic, like military country it'd be song. Too easy. It, yeah. It'd be like, um, you know, it's like people nowadays don't respect the flag. They're always kneeling and getting mad. But to me that don't there, but like, and when I see it, I get raging mad and I'm gonna kick their ass if you don't love, if you're not a proud American. Toby Keith looks like he was kicked in the face by a mule. Toby Keith is a very ugly man. He's a very unattractive gremlin looking man. And like, he looks like he smells like equal parts, um, like a lot of body odor and then also, um, like heavy aftershave smell. He he also wears my least favorite type of hat, which is not just I cowboy hats are fine, but specifically he wears the really I don't know what about the ones it. With the the sides are up. The sides are like so far up and curled in they that don't it just do anything. it just looks like a ridiculous little like fucking plume on the top of your head. Like I don't yeah, like, it, I don't even know what that style is called, but it's just the most like obnoxious, stupid looking kind of cowboy hat. Like, it's, the brim is, like, basically, like, only covering your eyes. Like, what's the fucking point of the hat? Just wear a baseball cap. Yeah, Just it, wear it's, a a, it's, a, it's a baseball cap with, with, with sides that point up. Yeah, what a dumb motherfucker. Anyway, uh, that, yeah. So that, that's things. That's, <laughs> that's things, uh, yeah, well, I guess we just rant about shitty country music. Um, but, you know, Austin, you know. It's just about it's about America. It's because 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 we love America, and we're gonna uh, uh, stick a boot stick a boot in your ass. It's the American it's the American way. Pretty horny there, Toby. Put put like like and shoving things at people's asses, huh, buddy? A little bit of projecting, if you know what I mean. I'll say more like uh, courtesy of the of the red, white, and put it up my poop shoot. 
Got the him. the horny American in parentheses. Ah. Anyway, ah. that's today's episode. Lint biscuit things. Toby Keith. What more can you ask for in a podcast? Not much. You know. Uh, any final thoughts, Austin? I uh, you know just hoping everyone remembers to leave their tray tables in the upright and locked position. Good. Um. And yeah. And until next time. Um. Uh. You know, just keep spreading that. You spread the hashtag on Twitter. Uh. SOS USA. And hopefully Cuba can liberate the United States from its its oppressors. <laughs> Uh, see you next time, baby. Of the red, white, and blue